Hello everyone, Mr. Harris here for the 3rd, 4th, and 5th grade family catechesis group. And uh, I'm sorry that we're not actually getting together again this month for our last session of this year, um, but we're going to do the best that we can, and I think I have a, a good lesson for you this week, or this month. Um, I wanted to start off a little bit different, though. I want to ask you a question, and I want to have you think about this for a second. So how long could you go without food or drink? Seems like a curious question to start for catechism, right? But... Let me answer it this way. Experts can tell you if you use this rule of three, if you happen to be in the wilderness, right? So if you didn't have air for three minutes, you might die. If for three hours you were in an extreme environment without shelter, you potentially could die. If you went three days without water or you went three days without, or three weeks without food, you might die, right? So we all know that it's important to do things that sustain us to keep us alive. And so this last month and this month, we're talking about the commandments of the church. And we're looking at Jesus feeds us, especially through confession and communion. And so the church has put together six basic laws that help us to stay fed, help us to uh, continually do the things and, and to um, have a strong spiritual life. And so that's what the six uh, commandments of the church are all about. And you'll remember that last month we started to talk about the first two commandments of the church. So here's something that I think might be helpful for you to do. Um, you could even hit pause real quick if you don't have your catechism out, because I want you to have it handy. Um, if you go to page 100, that's the, the lesson that we did last month. And then um, this lesson that we're working on is on page 105. And that's lesson number 22. But I'm going to go over a couple of quick things from last month to um, kind of refresh our memory. And you'll remember that number one, the very first commandment of the church, was to assist at Mass on Sundays and Holy Days of Obligation. So I had promised you that we were going to play a game this month. And I'm kind of um, disappointed that we won't have that ability. But I'm going to ask you a couple of questions anyway that might make it a little bit game-like for you, right? And so let me ask you, did you uh, memorize what are the six holy days of obligation? If you did, you'll get these answers right away, okay? So I'm going to ask you a few dates, and you can um, think to yourself, is this a holy day of obligation or is it not? Here's some really important days. Easter, Good Friday. Ash Wednesday. Are these holy days of obligation or is any of them a holy day of obligation? I bet some of you said yes. And I don't blame you because really those are all super important days. But Easter is probably the most important day of the year, right? But it happens to fall on a Sunday. So it's not a holy day of obligation in the sense that we think of because it always falls on a Sunday anyway, right? And then uh, Good Friday and Ash Wednesday are really important days. I mean, Good Friday, for Pete's sake, is the day that uh, Jesus died on the cross. But it's not a holy day of obligation. How about this one? What about All Saints Day? Is that a holy day of obligation? It is. How about the Feast of St. Agnes or of St. Francis or even the very first Pope, St. Peter? Are any of those holy days of obligation? 
they're not, right? So All Saints Day, we celebrate all the saints, and that is commemorated as a holy day of obligation, but individual saint days are, are not uh, considered holy days of obligation. So in your catechism, if you don't remember, you can go and look at those pages real quick, um, and you'll see what are the six holy days of obligation, and those are listed there for you, okay? Um, and that is on page 100 and 102. All right, so if you happen to forget that. The second of the commandments of the church is to fast and abstain on the specific days that the church has set aside. And I, I forgot to mention one thing last time. If you happen to have a church calendar, you can see sometimes, you'll see a little fish listed on days. And that fish is there to represent that that is a day of abstinence. And if you remember, what abstinence means is that's a day where you're not supposed to have meat at all. And so just to clarify, I know we um, had this sent out in the uh, email to the parents last time about the the age at which you need to abstain. And so according to the um, Catholic bishops, they're saying that um, you don't have to abstain until you're age 14 but we really recommend that you do. As soon as you really turn the age of seven, um, there's probably no reason for you to not uh, abstain from meat um, along with the rest of your family and such, right? And then for fasting, remember, fasting is where somebody can have one large meal and two smaller meals that um, are maybe up to equal that larger meal. And that's for people who are ages 18 to 59. And so, you know, if you can fast and you can do that, that's okay. But we also realize that kids are growing and, and things like that. So that becomes sort of difficult to do. Okay, so those are that's the quick refresher um, from last week's lesson. Now, the other four commandments of the church um, are going to be new things for us to talk about, okay? So number one, or well, this is the third of the six commandments of the church, is that you would confess your sins at least once a year. So you really need to go to confession at least once a year. Um, it's particularly if you commit any serious sins. But what, what I'd like to think about is it's kind of like taking a vitamin, right? You take a vitamin to stay healthy. And so going to confession is a way for us to continually cleanse our souls and, and to um, kind of reflect on the sins that we commit and, and to uh, confess them to the priest and, and to get them off of our, our uh, get them off of our mind, right? And so regular confession, going at, you know at least once a month if you can, and maybe even more frequently, is, is a, an excellent idea. okay? Again, these are these commandments of the church are things to help us feed our souls. Um, the next one, number four, is that you would receive Holy Communion worthily at least once during the Easter time. And, um, you know, right now you're like, well, I can't, you know, maybe I can't even go to church right now because we're, we're in the stay-at-home order. But the Easter time is actually a pretty broad time frame. It runs from the first Sunday of Lent all the way until Trinity Sunday. And Trinity Sunday is the Sunday after Pentecost, okay? And Pentecost is 50 days after Easter. So that really means that any time in the year 2020 here, from March 1st 
until June 7th is considered the Easter time. And so it's important for us to go to communion at least one time during Easter time. And I know most of you probably do uh, way more than that, but that's sort of the minimum rule, right? And so um, hopefully we'll have a a chance to kind of uh, get back to church here real soon. Number five is that you would contribute to the support of the church. And a lot of times when we hear this rule, we might be thinking that, you know, hey, I I need to contribute financially. And so as you get older and get a job and things like that, that is definitely important uh, to contribute um, to the church based on, you know, the means that you have available to you. Um, if you have a, um, a job that pays a lot, maybe you, you know, are able to give more. If you, um, don't have a job that pays a lot, then, you know, give what you can. And, and, uh, so there's, there's, uh, uh, you know, examples of that from, from scripture where there, um, Jesus even talks about a, a woman who gave, you know, uh, just a real small amount and all these other people were in the temple and they gave these large amounts. And he said that her, uh, you know, financial gift meant more and was more, more powerful because it was from, uh, her own need that she gave it, not from, you know, excess and trying to, you know, have everyone see how wonderful they were about how much money they were giving. Um, she just gave it because it was important to her and, and, uh, contributed that way. But if you, if you don't have a job, you don't have to, you know, um, contribute financially, but as as a child, you have the opportunity to do other things. You know, you can definitely pray um, for um, other members of the church, particularly uh, you know, father and the other clergy. Uh, you can also volunteer. So, are there things that you can do um, at the church? You know, maybe during the fall festival, you find time to um, to enjoy the festival and to participate in the activities. But could you? also help out at one of the booths or um, during the time when they uh, plant flowers, can you help with that or, you know, clean the churches and, and different things like that. So there's different opportunities for you um, to also contribute to the support of the church. So there's a lot of needs that are out there. And so, you know, you basically need to kind of think about how can I also help out? What are ways that I can do that? And then the last of the six commandments of the church is that you observe the laws of the church regarding marriage, okay? And so basically what that means is that you want to marry as a Catholic in the presence of a deacon, a priest, or a bishop. So marriage is a sacrament, and so you want to give it that um, real sense of of importance that in in sacredness that it's due. And so, you know, going to the top of a mountain or, you know, to the courthouse are are not really an expression of of uh the ability to have this as as a sacrament. Now, those might be, you know, nice places to go and things, but really, you know, to kind of have this um have the have matrimony be something that's sacred and bringing God within it, you want to have that sacramental piece to it, okay? Um, It's also best to marry another Catholic so that you can share your faith with one another and with your children, right? If you um, fall in love with someone who isn't a Catholic, then you may need a dispensation in order to um, marry them, and in which case that person may need to uh, promise that they're willing to bring up uh, children and uh, instruct them in the faith and such. And so it is best if you can uh, definitely marry someone who is another Catholic so that you can share that faith together. 
the other piece is that uh, during Advent and Lent, those are not really celebratory times. And so if you happen to get married during those those times, um, the church does not want you to do so with a lot of festivity and, you know, parties and, and all of that sort of thing. So, um, and then lastly, they recommend that you utilize the ability to um, have a nuptial mass said for you. So a nuptial mass is a special mass in which it's all for the married couple and there's special prayers that are said during that time. So um, you can actually become, you know, be married in just the, the marriage ceremony itself um, within the church, but um, you can uh, also blend that, that the marriage ceremony can be uh, conducted during the nuptial mass. And so that is sort of the best practice if, if you can do that. Okay. So remember everybody that the six commandments of the church here are there to give us that spiritual food and drink that we need to survive um, spiritually. Okay. And so um, make sure that you understand what these six um, commandments of the church are and that you follow them um, at bare minimum. And again, they're bare minimum. So you want to try to, um, you know, meet and, and exceed some of these things. So again, like, you know, going to communion once during the Easter time, well, you want to go to communion more regularly because that's going to help feed your soul, right? So remember that uh, follow these to kind of help your spiritual life out. And then um, again, this is the last class for our family catechesis until the fall. Um, so I want you to remember to, um, you know, finish off your school year strong, right? And uh, hopefully um, you'll enjoy your summer. And then I'll be looking forward to seeing you all, um, whether it be next fall or maybe sometime during the summer um, or in the, in the coming months and weeks, um, if we happen to, to run into each other at church and stuff. So um, it's been a pleasure um, having you in class this year. It didn't turn out at the end the, the way that we normally would have liked to do it, but I think we're doing our best and you're able to, um, you know, kind of participate and learn these things and um, apply them to your life. So God bless everybody.